Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. This week, we're going to be talking about something that I think we all need a little reminder of, and that is letting go of control and why this is so important, especially when it comes to our mental health and when we look at wanting to better our mental health. We look at ourselves as if we're something broken, like there's something wrong with us, right? Because we're not fitting a certain ideal, a certain standard. So we internalize and we self-blame and we criticize and we focus on why we're not enough, we're not doing enough, and we're focusing on all these areas of lack. And when we're doing that, we're holding ourselves up to a rubric and we have to question every now and then whose rubric it is if it's something that was said to you you believed in or if it's actually your own standards on whether or not you're doing enough quote unquote and even that word enough enough kind of insinuates that there is a hundred percent of something and what that a hundred percent looks like what it acts like what are the results when you give a hundred percent it's just a number that we like to use to think that we have so much more to do than what we've already accomplished and we're essentially living to a standard that is fake, that doesn't exist. So when you think about control, we're trying to remain in control of that standard, of that way of life, of that way of thinking. And whatever it may be, there comes a time where you have to learn to explore other options because the perfect route or the one that was predictable isn't the option or isn't a viable choice. So what do you do then? Because then when you don't have control of a certain way, a certain outcome, you freak out a little bit, right? We get a little scared. And oftentimes it's that's why we don't want to choose what's uncertain, what's unknown. We like to go with what we're familiar with. It's the safe option. And when you go with the unfamiliar option, you don't know what you're going to get. It's a little bit more risky, but there's a lot of reward in that risk. Thinking of it in terms of mental health too, The unknown is so much, especially when it comes to talking about emotions, because with emotions, we're so one way thinking with the way we talk about emotions. And there's over, I want to say like 73 or 83 different kinds of emotions. I know I've talked about um, Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, and I'm a huge fan of it. And I can't recommend it enough, especially if you're someone that's new to mental health, looking into your emotions, identifying emotions, and just trying to understand them a little bit better. Because when you understand what these emotions are, what they feel like, what they look like when they're being triggered, the more familiar you are with the way it shows up in your life and with yourself and what triggers those emotions and why those emotions are being triggered. It helps us understand ourselves to a deeper level a little bit better and even uncovers um, some emotions that maybe we haven't, we, that we've suppressed since childhood and understanding one, why we're feeling those emotions still as adults and two, why we felt the need to suppress those emotions in the first place and essentially just talking to ourselves with, self, with compassion and learning just how to be kinder people to ourselves first with emotions, especially with um, like more negative ones that are associated with like crying or feeling angry and rage and stuff like that where we feel this need to control our reaction. When we cry, we feel this need that, oh, I can't cry, I can't show tears because that's a sign of weakness. That belief that crying is a sign of weakness is an example of how control is showing up in your mental health. So when you think of, oh, I can't cry, crying's weakness, crying's gonna make me come off as weak, 
that's a sign to rein it back. Know that crying does not define you. Crying does not mean anything other than your body is expressing an emotion. And these tears are a way for your body to get rid of these emotions, these feelings. So if anything, crying helps you alleviate that pressure even further. And letting yourself acknowledge that it's okay what's happening, that you are safe, and that it is going to be ultimately fine at the end of it. I think like just letting yourself know that you're going to take care of you at the end of the day no matter what, it allows you to build that trust with yourself and knowing that no matter the outcome, you're going to take care of yourself at the end of the day. So it makes that letting go of control just feel a little less scary. It's so important to understand that we are in control of ourselves, of our own um, actions, our own decisions. But sometimes we can't always control the way we react to a situation. It's kind of, like we kind of can't help it, right? It's like the way where we just are as people, the way we're we're wired, and a lot of the times too, when we're not familiar, we aren't used to processing our emotions or showing emotions or feeling through our emotions. We get we teach ourselves to suppress and to when that emotion comes up to suppress it to control it. So with healing and recovery essentially it's important to acknowledge those feelings and to really experience those emotions whatever they may be sadness anger happiness whatever emotion is coming up both good or bad first of all i think it's good to neutralize emotions and not put this label of good or bad because it labels it obviously and when you label something you're going to trigger a stereotype to go with it. So when you say, oh, I'm crying, you're labeling that as a bad emotion. So when it comes up and you feel sad or you feel the need to cry, you're going to label yourself as being bad versus even feeling happier or um, joyful even where it is a, p- a positive emotion, but it's almost over criticized too when you're over joyful, over laughing. And it, people are always so critical of being too much, not enough, whatever the fuck it is. So when you can just neutralize it, you have to understand that you yourself are not bad just for experiencing an emotion. So immediately crying, anger, happiness, whatever it may be, it is a mere is merely a sign that something was triggered and it causes a need to look further in depth to understand. So for example, when you feel something and you feel that urge to cry or to suppress crying, what is causing it you to want to cry right now? What is triggering this need to cry? And then focus on, well, why do I feel this need to suppress it? And over time, it does get easier. And even you'll get to the point where it's like, oh, you feel that need to cry with that stuckness, that need to suppress almost. And you're like, oh, well, it's because I'm still used to it from childhood. But over time, when you talk yourself through it, you learn it's not so bad. It's not so scary to suppress or it's not so scary to feel through. Don't suppress. Suppressing is how we limit our understanding of ourselves and our emotions. And with recovering, wanting to do better for ourselves and grow as people, we have to feel through our emotions. So it's not living within us. And I know I've talked about trauma before. And when you think of trauma, you think of it as something that happened to you that you're still holding on to because you haven't healed from it yet. It's like a wound. Like when you fall off a bike as a kid, it's a scrape on your knee. And unless you tend to that scrape with antibiotics, a Band-Aid, and even rest sometimes... You give it that t- you give your injury that time to heal to scar over and when it scabs and you keep picking at the scab it's not going to heal so when you suppress your emotions and they're being triggered again in your adult life 
it's like the scab is being picked off all over again and all of a sudden it's another fresh open wound and it's almost as if it's like you're four years old you just fell off the spike again and it's reliving through you as an adult now because it was never allowed to heal through to scar through so when you think of trauma that is essentially what those stuck feelings are it's unresolved trauma that is living within you and it's so important to work through those problems and i know it's scary and it, how hard it can be that's why i do what i do is to help other people grow through, through those emotions to understand themselves better and to ultimately understand that we're not as bad as we think we are i think we like to think of ourselves as, as these bad undeserving depressed anxiety ridden people and when i was going through a lot of my mental health recovery and all that shit it helped me gain a better understanding of myself and knowing that what i was feeling about myself what i was expressing about myself even it wasn't that i was bad but the way that society shapes our behaviors and our way of thinking to be less than what is idealized and it's that idealized way of behaving and living that we hold all of our standards to. And that's where we kind of have that control of, well, this is the way life has to be. If I don't fit that, I'm gonna be a failure. I'm gonna not do well in life. I'm not gonna be valued as a human being even. And letting go of the control of that standard that doesn't even belong to you or resonate with you. It gives you more freedom in what life can be about. Now that you've let go of this idea of the one way life has to be and the standard of what has to be done, what has to be accomplished, when you remove that pressure and realize that nothing has to happen if you don't want it to, you don't have to do that thing. You don't have to have that job just because you think it'll make your parents prouder. It's because it's what you got your degree in and it just makes the most sense. There's always a choice in every decision you make. And sometimes it just takes looking at other alternatives. Sometimes even it could just be anything else. I got to a point once where I was like, I can't work marketing anymore. What else can I do? And I literally was looking at anything else I could do other than marketing to just live life and figure out how to make an income that way. And through doing that allowed me to have more time in figuring out what my strengths were, what things I actually enjoyed doing in life versus things that I thought I should be enjoying. And same with relationships too. We get to a point in our lives, especially if you're in your 20s like I am, where we feel like we have to start being in a relationship, a serious relationship especially, where you're having to think about marriage in a few years, then thinking about kids in a few more years. And it's like, whose agenda are you really living for? Because I'm not in the place, not even close, to being in a situation where I would feel remotely ready to be married and I can't even fathom having a kid. I couldn't even adopt a lizard right now, I don't think. I think if I adopted a lizard, it would probably die. Yo, I literally came home and I left my fucking heater on throughout the whole fucking day while I was at work. So I can't imagine taking care of a kid, and that's on my watch. That's like, that's not on my clock. But what's crazy is when my Nana was my age, she already had three kids. She was married and had three children. That was her agenda. That was her on her timeline. That is not mine. And I don't think it's on a lot of 26 year olds timelines in this day and age. But back when our grandparents were growing up, that was a different time period. That was a different agenda that they had, a different list of have tos, need tos, and just a different way of living. 
And we know we don't have to live like that. There are so many other ways that we can choose to enjoy life, to choose to live our lives even. So understanding that just because you have this one way of living that you've thought was the quote unquote correct way to be up until this point in your life, it's okay to let go of it and to acknowledge that this isn't what I want anymore. This isn't working for me. It's okay to let that go and start dreaming of what else you can do. What else is out there that's possible for you to accomplish. We're all creative, unique people. And I truly believe that we all have our own different talents, different interests, different passions for a reason. And I think that reason is we're meant to do something with it. So when you learn to live for yourself by investing in these interests, investing in these skills that you want to explore and even get to know yourself further and through, you could start to dabble in what else is out there and more so what else is out there that you enjoy. When I was in college, I had no fucking idea what I wanted to do career-wise. So I kind of just did whatever kind of fell in my lap. And it's not ever something that I thought I would see myself in the long-term doing. And when I got my corporate job in marketing, I just remember I felt so stuck because nothing I did made me happy. I I liked the projects I could do. I was passionate about um, specific areas in it. But when it came to marketing and my main responsibilities, that's not what made me happy. It's not what made me excited to show up every day. It's not what I look forward to. It felt more like, oh, I'm living for the weekend again. And I hate living like that. And even as a kid, I hated living for Friday and then dreading Sunday nights because school started again on Monday. I like living a life that I could just enjoy. And yes, we have responsibilities. Yes, we have things we're not always going to want to do, but it's still overall a joy to live this life. And that's kind of what I was chasing after. And slowly over time, I figured out the pieces of myself and what I like to do and was able to put it together into something that I'm like, okay, this is what I could see myself doing for the long run. And now I'm working my way backwards and figuring out, okay, what are my steps today? What can I do now to get to where I wanna be? And start working backwards. I'm getting ahead of myself there. (laughs) It all starts with letting go of control and the way life should be. And when you remove this level of, well, this is the way life has to be, should be, whatever, you open yourself up to all these new possibilities of what your life can be. And I'm specifically saying your life because that's the only person you need to be focused on. The only person you need to worry about is you and what your standards of a good, happy, healthy life are and how you want to accomplish them. And sometimes it does take time, but knowing that you deserve better and that you can achieve better is how you can start gaining that confidence within yourself to know that you can change and that change can happen and that it's okay to allow change to happen. Change is scary and sometimes we don't always want to embrace the change because we're afraid of diving that deep into the unknown, of letting go to everything that was once familiar. With change, we're almost sacrificing everything we knew, knowing that we deserve so much more. It's like an investment, right? You give $10 to turn it into 100. It's like that almost. If you know one way worked or didn't work up until this point and you're looking for something else, invest in that something else. Take the chance on it. If you think it's worth taking a chance on, do it. And know that even through it, you cannot fail. You can only learn what option has or has not worked for you 
yet. When you take a chance on something, you're accepting a new opportunity and looking at it as an opportunity, a choice, something you can take, take a, um, something you do have autonomy over. There's always a choice in everything you do. So when you allow yourself to look at life that way and knowing that, okay, I could choose to do A, I could choose to do B. And knowing that no matter if I choose A or B, if it's meant to change, I'm taking that chance in learning through this choice. Diving into the unknown means you're accepting what you don't know and you're accepting an opportunity to learn through this experience. What's going to happen? What's the outcome going to be? And it's through that experience that you'll learn if this was able to work for you or not work for you. And it's different for everybody. That's why we have to be okay with taking chances, taking risks, if we want to live a life above average. If you want to just live a life like everybody else, don't take chances, don't take risks. Follow the system, but until you learn how to be okay with taking a chance in life, you have to be willing to accept that what you know is going to be limited into the reality that you were shaped believing it was, if that makes sense. Versus the way I look at it is um, when I was like looking at new options outside of working a nine to five marketing job, I didn't know what other options are. Like I, I really didn't to live the way I lived and the way I needed to make an income. I didn't know what my other options were. So it really took day by day and understanding that I knew marketing didn't work for me. I knew working in an agency didn't work for me. What else could I try? And that's when I started doing freelance work and doing my own graphic design stuff and doing my own projects like that. And I was like, okay, that worked, but what else can I do? That's not really making me that happy either. What else can I do? And that's when I realized I really like helping people. I like sharing all this information that I learned throughout my own healing journey. And that was another thing I started investing in was life coaching and just learning new areas that I invested in myself in and taking that chance and taking that risk and knowing that even through those dark parts where we're a little unsure of everything, I knew at the end of the day that this was just another unknown I was experiencing. I've never done anything like this before and I had to learn to accept that I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know if it's going to be a success. I don't know if I'm going to make money, lose money, whatever it's going to be. But I know it's something I want to do bad enough that I'm willing to take that risk in. I'm willing to invest my time, my energy, my everything into this opportunity to see if it works out in the end. And that's essentially how we accept change, how we accept the unknown even. And accepting the unknown can be taken into account for anything, not just jobs, but also for your mental health in general and the way you feel and express your emotions. Especially if it's something like crying or rage or whatever it is, the words often described as a negative emotion. When it comes up and it's a new feeling to you, it can often be scary. We often want to shame ourselves for being so wrong for feeling this way. When it's just new, it's something we don't know how to go through yet or how to make ourselves feel better. We're not bad for crying. We're not bad for getting upset. We're merely reacting to something that has happened to us. and We are entitled to those emotions. If no one has told you yet before, you are entitled to your emotions. That is the one thing in human beings we are all entitled to have. But it's learning also how to understand those emotions for yourself and how to process this emotion and how to be more self-aware, I guess, of it and to hold yourself accountable. Because we all can't be having tantrums like little kids just because we're upset. And even if you are justifiably triggered to have that kind of reaction, 
it is not the adult thing to do. No one wants to be sitting around having tantrums all day, all right? I've worked retail too many fucking times. I've seen so many grown-ass people do it in public. It is so fucking embarrassing. Like, that's why we come up with these names like Ken's and Karen's. Like, they're people have, they're grown-ass adults having tantrums in public because things didn't turn out the way they wanted to. Even today at work, we had a, I had a customer today that was rightfully annoyed and pissed off by the policy that my company has on um, refunds and returns and billing and all that shit. And to be frank with you guys, I completely agree with her. I thought it was bullshit what they were kind of doing. And I was like, yeah, like they should definitely have issued your refund. I'm so sorry this happened. And she was just pissed off. I understand she's pissed off, but essentially having like a little mini fit at the end of the phone. I'm like, I don't know what else you could do. I can do for you right now. Like, I'm sorry this is happening to you. Gave her all the information I could, but still chose to have it. And even me saying like, it is a choice to have a tantrum. It is. No matter how pissed off you are, no matter how erratic you are in a way you are choosing to behave that way because you are allowing that emotion to come through and be just irregulate yourself I guess and that's also why I'm saying allow yourself to experience those emotions those traumas so you can learn how to process them better in the future even something with a tantrum when you're feeling pissed off like if you're in traffic and you're getting road rage you're feeling a come off take a minute with yourself and just be like why am I feeling so angry right now and really try to get to the root of why you're so pissed off and why you're so angry. And then ask yourself, well, how do I make myself feel better? And learn how to self-soothe that way. So when you're in public and let's say you are feeling triggered, you're feeling rageful again, you're understanding quicker how to respond to that emotion because you've gone through it before. You've experienced rage before. Oh, this is why it was triggered last time. That's why it could be triggered this time. If not, what else is triggering it? Okay, now that we know that, how can I make myself feel better? And going to like those little tactics maybe that are great with you for self-soothing and doing it that way. I've been a very emotive person when it comes to my emotions, especially when I um when I'm getting upset. Like I like I've had this I've had a couple experiences with my um landlord where he wasn't answering his phone. It was like a whole shit show, but I definitely let them know I was having a little bit of an anxiety moment. But even during that, I chose to have that freak out to just elicit being pissed off to being annoyed to being frustrated and having it be a conscious choice versus just having it be a reaction and when it's a reaction it's because your emotions haven't been processed yet you don't know that you have a choice in the situation yet because you're so focused on the panic the rush of the situation you're too caught up in this cloud of chaos where you can't take that step back and be like hey it's okay i'm here i've got my back I'm going to make things okay for me. And I'm going to get myself back to a safe place. Learning to reassure yourself through self-trust is how you learn how to build that consistency with yourself and handling your own emotions and building empathy for yourself and others even. Because when you're feeling that way too, you can empathize with other people that when they're feeling frustrated, feeling like the world's against them or whatever, you know how that feels too because you've experienced it. And in a way, you could also learn how to help them if you choose. Remember, you're your only responsibility, no one else's. But if you see someone that's in a crisis or having a hard situation, it's very visible that they need help and don't know how to help themselves, you can step in with the knowledge you have for helping your own self and adding it and helping them with it. And that's, I think, how we add knowledge of self-soothing to other people. 
So the more we learn how to process our emotions, the more we learn how to take care of ourselves through these emotions. And when you learn how to take care of yourself, that's ultimately how you learn to build that trust with yourself and learning how to take care of yourself like you're someone you love because you absolutely should be. If you don't already love yourself, start and start by learning how to take care of yourself like someone you love. Like pretend like you're your best friend, your sibling, parent, whatever. Like whoever you love in this life, treat yourself like that, like you would treat them. And that's how you can start to learn those behaviors of building self-love and self-compassion even. And when you start treating yourself as if you're someone you love, you're going to take care of yourself like that. And when you take care of yourself like someone you love, you're not going to let anything bad happen to you. You're going to only learn how to protect yourself through these scary situations and know you're going to have your back at the end of the day. And it's okay. So removing control, removing this need to know every outcome, to know every way of doing things. Let it go and breathe. Sometimes you just got to let shit happen, shit take its course and let everything just fall in its place because there's only so much you can do in this world. If you really think about how small you are in the universe, you're literally like a speck of dust, probably smaller if someone really wants to get technical, but you are so teeny tiny. So the actions you make, the decisions you make, whatever you do in this world, it is not going to be life or death all the time. Learn how to take that pressure off yourself. That if a mistake was made, it wasn't a mistake. It's just a new opportunity for you to learn through how something didn't work out for you. And learning why and how you could do better next time. And start looking at life and through this lens of, well, I can only do better. Because when you look at it through that way, the past doesn't matter. If you were able to grow from your past, it's in the past then. You moved on from it. So all you could do is take that information that you learned because of that and apply it for your future endeavors. All right, that didn't work because this happened. How am I going to do it better for the future? It's like the first time you figured out aluminum foil can't go in the microwave. Whoop, caught it on fire. Now I know I'm going to have to unwrap the aluminum foil, throw it out, and then throw in the leftovers to heat them up because I don't want my microwave to go kaboom. Everything doesn't have to happen exactly as you planned it or idealized you can just let things happen the way they were meant to be and understanding that sometimes it's not always going to be in the way you wanted it to happen but it's what's going to happen for the best and with anything relationships work anything really i truly believe everything is meant to happen for a reason and if you could start coming to peace with that i think it kind of helps your own understanding of the world and how life is because sometimes life's just like we're not always gonna like what happens but when we kind of start thinking of it as it's in favor of me like this is my life i was born for a reason like if you think of it as like the fact that like we are alive on this earth it is such like a weird idea i guess like think of like what is the what are the odds that you are alive right now with the people you love being exactly the way you are like, I don't know, I just always think it's crazy how we are meant to be on this earth for a reason. We kind of start looking at things that way, that we matter and that our existence is important. And when you look at yourself as that, you want to start to understand why you are that way. Why are you someone of value? Why are you someone of importance? And sometimes you just got to let life show you. Listen to what matters. Listen to what of what's important to you. Everything's supposed to happen exactly the way it's meant to be. And when you 
start believing in that, I guess. You could start filling in the blanks on, well, why this didn't work out the way you wanted it to and understanding your past a little better and making peace with it. When you understand that basically, everything's meant to happen for a reason, you're not bad, and that life is supposed to happen exactly it's meant to be. And you learn to fill in the gaps for yourself on, okay, that happened because of this. It's not because I was bad. And you're removing that pressure, that responsibility of what you did that was so wrong by just saying, well, that's just what happened. And understanding through it and making peace with yourself through it. Through it. When I was um, trying to figure out my life and all that shit, I had such an idea of the way life had to be, what it should be, and even understanding, well, I don't want to come off as this. I don't want to do this. And putting labels on, oh, this shouldn't be this way. This should be this way. It tunnels you. It keeps that control because it's like you have those um, bumpers up, like when you're bowling or training wheels on. And you learn, you need to learn how to take them off and to live life with your own lens, with your own standards of what's good, what's bad, what's right and wrong and living by your morals versus what someone else is telling you is wrong and right, which is a very limited way of viewing. And in fact, I do have an entire episode about low emotional intelligence where I do talk a lot about black and white thinking is a sign of that. And if you're new here, what low emotional intelligence means is that you have a very limited way of thinking and that your idea of wrong and right is very limited which often is a sign that you don't know how to process your emotions. You're not open to learning how to process your emotions. And learning your emotions is a huge part in understanding ourselves more, our mental health more, and helping other people more. So raising your level of emotional intelligence and helping yourself through feeling your emotions and better interpreting those emotions for yourself, you can learn how to interpret the world for other people better too. Because if you are able to understand and comprehend your own emotions through this one way, that is your own way. That is so unique to you. And all we could do is share. When you have a friend that's going through a hard time, you know that you've been in a similar situation and you know how you would want to be treated when that was going on. If you think of losing a loved one, that's a great example of if you've lost someone in your past and you have a friend that's lost someone, you know what it feels like to have that kind of loss, to experience that kind of loss. And you know what you did to go through that. You could add to that, that to their knowledge of how to help them get through that situation for themselves. And I think that's how we can learn how to support each other as human beings so we don't have to feel so alone. It also shows too that it's okay to let go of control in that way. Because even in something as permanent as death and grief being triggered, it's acknowledging that that's just how it had to be you had no control over this person's life on whether they lived or stayed, but you can learn how to accept the loss of them and the love in that loss. Because with grief especially, it's the absence of love. Where love once was, it's gone now, and that's why it's so painful, because the person we lost that once filled that hole isn't coming back. But I think it's also cool if you kind of flip that perspective and understanding, I this person must have loved me so much so that it is this painful to feel because they are gone and then questioning well what did they do that made me feel so loved in that moment and start treating yourself like that doing things that make you feel like that on your own and learning how to give yourself the love that they once gave you and not as a form of replacement but as a new way to love yourself and that is I think how we can add value to ourselves our own emotions our own life and even learn how to inspire other people through doing this.
when you learn how to let go of control, you're essentially just throwing your hands up to the air and saying, like, it is what it is, and I'm going to do my fucking best to take care of myself through it, to get me to where I want to be. Living your life with purpose, through your morals, and knowing that you don't have to have control, know all the answers, or do everything right, wrong, whatever, to have a good life. Life is so fucking long, and it's all about learning through experiences, whether they be considered mistakes or failures or successes, however you want to label it, that is your way of labeling it. And it is your story. It is your timeline. It is your agenda to go by and no one else's. Take that pressure off yourself of how you have to behave, how you have to act, how you have to look and whatever. Just learn how to be you. And that is exactly how you can learn how to be your true, most authentic self that is going to lead to you being sustainably happy in the long term. And that's how I like to look at it, sustainable happiness, how we're going to live, work, love consistently that works for us, that's healthy to us, that doesn't hurt us or make us feel anxiety ridden or stressed out or all these other things that we put a pressure on ourselves to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, only to have to start again all over again the next day. So I'm going to cut this episode here, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating. If not, please, just five stars, please. <laughs> um, but if you want to see any other episodes, you can either send me a DM or leave a comment on my TikTok or Instagram page, which I'm also going to be linking both of those below as well. Also, please give me a subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's going to be talking about a little bit more about what I do through life coaching. I think it's mainly going to be about like my personal channel, like what I do on my day-to-day life, whatever. So just subscribe to that if you're interested. And if you're interested in booking a one-on-one coaching session, if you are someone that is having trouble letting go of control and you're looking for a little help, need some little reminders every now and then, send me a DM or email me, whatever you want, um, to book your one-on-one life coaching session with me. Other than that, that's going to be it. I hope you guys have an amazing week, an amazing weekend, and please do something kind for yourself because you deserve it. So that's going to be it, guys. I love you so much. Have a great day. Bye.